Hi everyone, Samir and Samit here, and welcome back to our Formula 1 podcast. Today we'll be talking about the 2023 Canadian Grand Prix. Yeah, and this was a pretty decent race. I would say it was like pretty much what we've seen so far in 2023, yeah. but the qualifying was good. I really enjoyed quali. Qualifying, I think, was um, really interesting, but also um, in the race too, it was like there was a lot of overtakes going on. Yeah. But as usual, Verstappen and Red Bull just ran away with it. Yeah. So um, coming into this weekend, the big stories were Red Bull would be looking to get their 100th win in Formula 1. And in terms of upgrades too, Aston Martin brought some upgrades on their car. So it would be interesting to see how they would perform against the rest of the field. Yeah, and interestingly, going into this weekend, Mercedes thought they were going to be on the back foot. Like yeah. They had a really um good weekend in Spain, but then um they thought... They would have a not so good uh, weekend in Canada, but as it turned out later, they had some pretty decent pace. Yeah. So moving on into FP1, uh, the thing about FP1 is that it was actually suspended because early on in the session we saw an Alpha, um, we saw an Alpine, one of the Alpines pull over, and they it was retired. Pierre Gasly. Pierre Gasly retired from the session, but then there was a problem with F1's CCTV thing. One of the um. Uh, softwares that F1 uses to track all the cars locations and positions on the track which is crucial for like deploying safety cars or yellow flags and stuff like that so it's just a big safety measure basically yeah and the FIA can see where the cars are on track and so without that it would be like extremely hazardous because the FIA wouldn't know like exactly where the cars are yeah so for that reason they had to um they were trying to fix that and that took like almost all of the sessions, so the drivers pretty much got no running time at all. So um, even the fans who showed up there, they were sat there like for nothing. Yeah. So they suspended that, and so instead they extended FP two by thirty minutes. I think that was a good call. So, yeah. Because there was no running in FP one, so extending FP two was nice. Yeah. So moving on into FP two, then so the session was extended so that more drive the drivers could. Um, do the stuff that they wanted in FP1. They could just do it now in FP2. And immediately we saw um, uh, Verstappen and the Red Bulls seemed like they weren't up able to match the pace of the Mercedes. Because we saw, surprisingly, in practice too, it was actually a Mercedes 1-2 with Lewis Hamilton, the most successful driver in Canada. He was P1 and then George Russell was P2. So interestingly, they showed really good pace yeah. with the Mercedes. But uh, then again, it was just FP2 like... All the drivers, almost all yeah. of them, had to get track time in. So it was a good. It was good for Mercedes to be up there, but at the same time, it wasn't representative. Yeah. So early on in the session, first it was dry conditions. So the drivers all like they did soft tire running. We saw medium tire running from different teams. Everyone doing their stuff in FP1. They would do now, but we saw Verstappen also having some issues with his gearbox. He was saying the downshifts were a joke. So he was clearly not happy with. The way that his car was downshifting, so that would be something that Red Bull need to look at. Yeah, I mean, it was we know we never really saw much of that like with Verstappen like have those complaints during yeah. free practice, so it was pretty unusual to see here. But Red Bull eventually did get that sorted out. Yeah, and Mercedes obviously were flying too. Lewis Hamilton, who I said earlier was the um is the most successful driver in Canada. He set the fastest time with a one thirteen point seven one eight. On the soft compound of tires, even quicker than his teammate 
George Russell, which so far this season, it's looked like Russell has kind of been maybe, especially last season, I think this year, Lewis Hamilton's kind of stepped it up more, but last year was definitely Russell who was the much better driver. Yeah, I mean, I guess that was just Hamilton getting used to that yeah. new car, but then again, um, it was nice to see Hamilton back up there, and Russell too, so Mercedes won too. But then yeah. after that, um, things took a severe turn, and it yeah. started to rain, and it was and at really first light. Heavily. It was at first it was light rain, but then it got like all of a sudden it became really heavy. Like the drivers had just pitted for intermediate tires, and then it got so heavy, especially down at the hairpin yeah. area. It was just pouring down. It would have been a red flag if it was yeah. during a race. But um, so all but since it was practice, like all the drivers anyway just pitted. Yeah. Like there was no point in running wet weather. Um, in doing any wet weather running when you could like risk crashing the car. Yeah. So um um Valtteri Bottas made a joke. It was good weather for a duck. Yeah. Because it was um it was like it was literally like a river down there. Yeah, like it the, was. The intermediates wouldn't be able to clear enough water. Even the um even the full even wets, the full yeah. wets would have struggled with that. So it was pretty um pretty bizarre. Yeah. Early on in FP two though, before the rain, we saw an issue with Nico Hulkenberg's Haas as he retired after smoke just started pouring out of the back of his Haas at turn one so he had to pull over and he just said he lost drive and that brought out a red flag as well mm -hmm. and it was pretty um it was pretty strange because like Hulkenberg he had really good running like Haas didn't have yeah. anything unusual like from what I remember there wasn't any radio or anything before saying like Hulkenberg yeah. might have had a problem he didn't think there was anything wrong like normally you would feel like Something yeah. is going and going and then it's gone, but there was nothing like that, and yeah. it just went immediately. Yeah. Um. Also for Alpine, it was double disaster for them because in FP1 it was Pierre Gasly who DNF'd, and now in FP2 it was Esteban Ocon who had an issue with his car. So just like double trouble for them and not what they needed at all, especially with the limited running that they've had so far. Yeah, another thing too. Um, for Williams, they brought upgrades to yeah. this weekend, but um, they only had enough for Alex Albon's car or for yeah. one car. But they chose Alex Albon obviously, because yeah. he would um he would make the most use of those upgrades. And so Sargent's upgrades will come later through the year. And yeah. so it was a massive effort by Williams though to even get that one that one car's um upgrades out. So. Yeah. Sergeant will have to wait, but if he can, if he improves his performances and he shows that he um he is doing good with the current spec car right now, he'll prove to Williams that he'll be flying with those new upgrades. So it's just all about Sergeant keeping consistent now. Yeah. So at the end of FP two, then it was Lewis Hamilton P one, George Russell P two, two one hundredths off of his teammate, Sainz third, Alonso fourth, Leclerc fifth, then Verstappen, Bottas, Perez, Stroll, and Gasly. So moving on then into FP3 then, last chance before quality. This was actually a wet session, so not at all dry running. And immediately what we saw, we saw some struggles with the Ferrari of Carlos Sainz as he lost the rear at turn one and spun and hit the wall really heavily and broke his front wing and some of his suspension. Yeah, this happened towards the um, end of the session almost, but yeah. like or in the middle around when the um, track had become intermediate conditions. Yeah. And it was in that like sort of crossover period between full wet and intermediate. So yeah. the inters weren't still fully up to temperature. And so into turn one, Sainz just downshifted and 
the rear tires didn't have enough grip, so he just spun around and hit that hit the wall, and it was um pretty nasty looking impact on because the rear wing was broken and the front of the car was just completely gone. Yeah. And another thing too that was um unique about Canada this year that we forgot to mention earlier was they added a new wall on the um on the exit of turn one. Normally, if you locked up into turn one, you would go just go straight on and cut turn two. But now they added a wall there, so I think it's pretty dangerous because thankfully we didn't see, but I thought a driver would surely lock up and go like hit that wall. But thankfully none of that happened, but it just yeah. made drivers have to avoid that now. Yeah. And also for Carlos Sainz's session too, it, was, it wasn't looking like a pretty good one because before he crashed out, he was also reported for impeding Alex Albon. Albon was very frustrated as he was coming through the chicane and then Sainz was just right there and Albon was like really upset about it as usual. And even again too, Albon on the same car, another um, Sainz was also there at the same spot. Yeah, I mean, just ridiculous. But um, yeah. like twice in a row, like once I can understand, but twice that's got to be like, that's I don't de- know. that's definitely like dangerous. Yeah, and it wasn't like like it was just practice. It wasn't even qualifying, so you can you can sacrifice starting your lap time, like um starting with like a slow lap time. Like you don't need to start that quickly. Like he if he saw Albon, he could have just gotten out of the way yeah a bit early like i know i can it it sounds stupid by just saying like oh he could just get out of the way but um like if he just um let um albon go through on that apex signs could have just started his lap a bit slower but he would have still gotten the lap done ultimately and albon wouldn't have lost that lap yeah so max verstappen too as well was flying again in these conditions we obviously know Max Verstappen is a bit of a rain master himself. Yeah. And so he set the quickest time of this session on the intermediate tires. So, um, but again, he was just um, complaining about his downshifts even in this session too. So clearly the um, efforts from FP2 weren't working. Yeah, that was unusual again because I thought they had gotten it fixed yeah. and then they came on the radio again and Verstappen was still complaining. But it seemed like it wasn't doing too much to affect his performance. But yeah. clearly, it's not um, what you want to hear as a driver if you hear like the downshift's not working properly. Yeah, we also saw Fernando Alonso and his Aston Martin continue to show how quick he is. But he was also complaining about traffic down at the hairpin. Um, Yuki Sonoda was in his way, and he made a funny remark saying, "Who is the blind guy in the Alpha Tauri?" And even his engineer was playing along with it, saying that's Sonoda who's blind. So, yeah. I think the one thing in Canada this year, like, it was raining so much. Like, you couldn't see anything for us all just regularly. But then another thing, the mirrors on the Formula 1 cars are so small that seeing anything through them, first of all, is, like, pretty hard. But then in rain just makes it impossible. So, um that's probably the reason why there was so much impeding yeah that's funny that you say they're small because they've actually been um made larger for this year last year they were even smaller because of these new cars obviously but um the cars are much bigger then again also the tires too are bigger so that provides that makes drivers have to look around the tire more to see the apex everything has just been enlarged in general but still obviously if the drivers could increase the mirror size they would yeah um, so we also saw then Yuki Sonoda have two spins this session. The first one came um, at the exit of the corner where Vettel um, f- 
first like where he lost it in 2019 in that controversial four. moment yeah and then the second one was um at um turn one and the entry of turn two when he lost it and just um went off into the gravel or the grass right there he did good to keep it out of the wall though that yeah. was pretty impressive yeah uh, Lewis Hamilton and George Russell, for some reason in this session, were not in the wet conditions. They were just having a lot of trouble trying to get their tires in the right temperature and the right working window. So they were instead, like, they were finished down in, like, 10th and 15th. So it was not a good session for them at all. But in the end, it was Lewis, it was um, Max Verstappen yeah. fastest in FP3. And then Charles Leclerc. He was P2, so that was really impressive from him, mm -hmm. who had been, like, obviously a miserable weekend in Barcelona. He would be looking to bounce back in Montreal. Yeah. And then Alonso came third. Again, um, typical Fernando Alonso, always up there. Yeah. But then Kevin Magnussen, too, it was a really good effort from Kevin Magnussen, a really great yeah. effort. Fourth, obviously, it was wet, but also that just getting it up there against the likes of Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari. In fifth, um, he was still stayed in fifth even though he had that crash. And then Pierre Gasly came sixth. And Stroll, it was P7, which is okay, but then compared to the pace of Alonso, it's pretty disappointing. Yeah. Especially at his home race, too. Stroll would definitely want to improve. Then Yuki Sonoda came eighth in the Alpha Tauri. Then Bottas ninth and Hamilton in tenth. Yeah, so moving on into qualifying then, into Q1, it was going to be um, another wet session, but it would dry out later on in the session. But in Q1 then, towards the end, we saw Pierre Gasly trying to complete his final lap as he was in P14 at the time, so very close to getting in the relegation zone. And we saw just a whole mess of traffic at the final chicane and such a just a dangerous um overall thing. We saw Sonoda do his best to just cut the chicane and get out of the way, but Sainz was parked right there on the apex, and he didn't even seem to move, so Gasly just had to take the runoff area, and yeah. he was just fuming about it. So Sainz, again, that's three day times in one day now that he's been caught at that um chicane impeding someone, and that cost Gasly because he wasn't able to improve on his lap time, so he stayed in P14, and by the time others improved, like Bottas and um, Ocon and everyone else who was coming in behind, yeah. um, that was it for Gasly. He was in the relegation zone. And you can understand why he would have been... He was on a really good lap. Yeah. He would have been propelled way up there. But unfortunately, Sainz um, and him just like clashed at the wrong moment. And so yeah. it's pretty disappointing for Gasly. And also for Sainz, because that's a slam dunk penalty for Sainz yeah. coming his way. He got a penalty for that. Yeah, so as others improved their times, we saw Joe cross the line. He was out of qualifying too. Oscar Piastri did really well to get up into P9, which dropped to P10 as Russell went up to P4. And then we saw then Yuki Sonora in his Alpha Tari. He couldn't improve. Sainz was able to improve and go up to P11. So he, was, he would get into Q2. So the five that we lost from um, Q1 were um, Sonoda, Gasly, DeFries, Logan Sargent, who tried to improve. He went up to P18 at best, but then when others improved, he was down in P19. And surprisingly, Joe Guan Yu in 20th as Joe well. Joe Guan Yu was a surprise for me. I yeah. thought he would have had more pace than the Alfa Romeo. Yeah. And even Sargent qualified ahead of him, so... That's pretty pretty disappointing from Joe. Yeah. I mean, it is Sargent's first time at this track, too. Yeah. He did a... Well, I'm not even going to lie. He didn't even do that good of a job. Yeah. yeah. Six-tenths off the um, time to get eliminated. 
not even like um the time off the fastest time six tenths alone off the time that you need to get eliminated is pretty shocking yeah. yes he doesn't have the upgrades but still it's pretty like shocking time mm-hmm. so, so going into q2 now immediately we saw lance stroll spin yeah at um in turn five and he did really good to well to keep it out of the wall actually there like that that section of the track is really narrow we saw him in 2018 tango with brendan hartley yeah but um here he was able to keep it out of the wall and so that was pretty impressive yeah, so going on until later on into Q2, with nine minutes remaining, we saw Alex Albon go quickest in the Williams because he was on the soft compound of tire. Everyone else was on the intermediates. So um, uh, Williams listened to Albon's request for the softs, and it paid off because by six-tenths of a second, he was quickest by now. But there were still drivers improving as Alonso, who had gone quickest in the first sector, lost a lot of time, though, in the very last sector. He went up to second three tenths off of Albon so that's I think especially in the middle sectors and final sectors where Albon's just gaining so much time Norris tried to improve but he couldn't as he only went up to P12 but there was still time for one more run at least for all the drivers yeah and Williams showed they were reading the conditions well with Albon yeah so Albon had another run on the soft tires and again extended his advantage by seven tenths of a second yeah so the soft tire gamble for williams williams was really paying off for them yeah and then we saw norris go up to p3 on the soft compound so all the drivers were now starting to get um on the softs and there was news from ferrari that heavy rain was going to be on the way soon so drivers were now rushing to get their lap times in we saw all cross the line to go in p8 so very close though Hulkenberg then went up to P8, so now Hamilton was the driver at risk, and so now everyone was just trying to improve their times, and Sergio Perez in the relegation zone, he, by the time qualifying ended, he could not hook a lap up together, on the in- he was on the intermediate tire still for some reason, but he aborted his lap at the very end. He couldn't even get a benchmark lap on his yeah. intermediate tires, same with Leclerc, but in Leclerc's case, Ferrari, um, he asked Ferrari if he could be on the soft tires, but Ferrari said no. Yeah. So again, Ferrari messing up Leclerc's strategy. Yeah. And but Sergio Perez, you could just see the look on Christian Horner's face. Sergio Perez, like another shocking qualifying for him. Mm-hmm. He's just been in a poor run of form ever since Miami, really, where um Verstappen kind of ran away with that race, mm-hmm. where he was looking to make a run for the title this year, taking um like two wins earlier this season now. All of his momentum is just slipping away. Yeah, Danny Ricciardo will be really happy watching all of this. Yeah. No. We but saw Leclerc too. Because he was on the intermediate tires, he just couldn't get his tires into the right temperature. So he just um locked up into um, one of the um, corners. I think turn five it is. He made a mistake turn six, there. Yeah. Turn six, yeah. And so the five we lost from Q2 were Leclerc, Perez, Stroll in his home race. Surprisingly, Kevin Magnussen too. Oh, surprised. And Valtteri Bottas. So I guess just both Alfa Romeo just could not hook up a lap together. Now, going into Q3, we saw um, the drivers set their um, first times and yeah. Verstappen immediately sent the, set the benchmark of a 121.0. And so we waited for the rest to challenge. Yeah. And Alcon went up to a second, but that was a second and a tenth down on Verstappen That's so crazy it was yeah. Verstappen had a really big margin and so the only one who could really challenge was Fernando Alonso at that point yeah 
But Alonso, he said a middle, um, he said a purple middle sector. But when he crossed the line, it was by two tenths, he was down on Verstappen still. So he was just P2. Norris was up there in P3. Sainz went up to P6 behind Hulkenberg. Hulkenberg was up there in P5. So really good from, um, from Haas. Hamilton then went up to P3, surprisingly, after struggling in the wet conditions earlier in practice. Then Russell went up to P4 too. So both Mercedes finding a way to um, get their tires in the right working window. Yeah, it looked like Mercedes had a lot of pace in um, after the first runs, but then once again, Verstappen came and smashed his lap time, finding another second and two tenths, yeah. and in extending that gap against Fernando Alonso. And then we saw at the exit of turn seven, we saw Oscar Piastri yeah. hit the wall, his rear wing completely broken on his McLaren, and that brought out a red flag. Yeah. But right at that red flag, we saw Hulkenberg go P2. Yeah, so r- literally right before the red flag came out, Hulkenberg went up to P2. Alonso was right there, but um, he was not able to get his lap in because the red flag came out. So, um, yeah, and also then after the red flag, we saw just the rain was getting heavier and heavier. So obviously they set their times on intermediate tires. So I think by the time then it was full wets. So that was it for the grid. The car just went up it back into the pit lane because there was no point because you can't improve your time. Yeah. So that was the final grid that we were going to see so far before penalties were applied. So in terms of the starting grid then, um, Nico Hulkenberg. So Max Verstappen was starting on pole. Nico Hulkenberg, due to start on the front row after that incredible P2 qualifying, was given a penalty for not going slow enough under red flags such a shame for Hulkenberg yeah I don't even like I don't know what the point of that penalty was but um he um got a five place grid penalty meaning he would start or three place grid penalty because he was starting p5 then Mm -hmm. not on the front row and that was just a shame to see so Fernando Alonso then for the second year in a row would start p2 then Hamilton third Russell fourth Hulkenberg fifth Ocon sixth Norris 7th, Piastri 8th, Albon 9th, and Leclerc 10th. Carlos Sainz was given um, penalty, grid penalties after um, impeding multiple people. So he dropped down into P11. So that meant Charles Leclerc would start in P10 and everyone else would, behind Sainz would move up a place. Yeah, um, Sainz, it was a slam dunk penalty for Sainz. Like twice yeah. he impeded people, so he um, he had to start P11. Yeah, we also saw... um um uh. Some drivers, I think, didn't some drivers have to start from the pit lane as well in this race? Uh, I don't think so. But also, Noda and Stroll got um, also yeah. three places for impeding other people. So it was, yeah, it was just penalties all around basically for the FIA. Yeah. So moving on to the race, then this race was going to be a dry race. Um, surprisingly, so now we will see some real pace from the cars and real speed from them. So as the lights went out, then it was a good start from um, Max Verstappen. He just shot clear of Fernando Alonso. And Lewis Hamilton also had a really good start as he got ahead of Alonso into turn one. And behind Alonso, we saw Ocon challenging Hulkenberg in the Haas. But then Hulkenberg, um, Ocon then, um, as he, he the outside line turned into the inside line, he was able to get that more momentum. And he was able to get past the... Um, um, Haas of Nico Hulkenberg and we also saw Fernando Alonso and George Russell going wheel to wheel together but Alonso had the inside line and he was able to keep his place 
Yeah, it was very crucial for Hamilton to get ahead of Alonso so yeah. he could try and challenge Verstappen in that early stage. Yeah. And also another thing, Albon was able to stay ahead of Perez and so that was yeah. crucial for him because Perez obviously, once he's released, he would be expected to be flying because he's in a Red Bull. Yeah. So then throughout the first lap, then we saw um just the drivers now keeping their places um and the first lap keeping clean. We saw um one of the Ferraris it was putting pressure on Sergio Perez in the Carlos opening. Sainz. Yeah, Carlos Sainz, and he was actually able to get ahead of Sergio Perez into that quick um right to left chicane, and he was he got past the Ferrari, and now he would be chasing after Alex Albon. So that's um exactly what Perez needed. But then um. At the um, end of the long straight back into the chicane, we saw Sainz get past a Sergio Perez again. And Kevin Magnussen, too, got caught out by both of them. So he had to slam on the brakes and he touched the grass. So he went straight on off of there, and which meant he had to take the runoff area to avoid a big crash. Yeah, we saw Sainz out dragging the Red Bull. So yeah. the Ferrari out dragging the Red Bull. That was pretty impressive to see from um, Carlos Sainz. And he was able to get ahead of Sergio Perez as you said but then yeah. moving on to lap 7 it was heartbreak for Logan Sargent yeah. who had to retire with an engine issue and so he pulled out on on the exit of turn 6 yeah. and so that was really disappointing for Sargent mm-hmm. going on to lap 10 then we saw Oscar Piastri or La- Oscar Piastri get past the Haas of Nico Hulkenberg to move up into P6 so really good from Oscar Piastri as he was also ahead of his teammate too, Lando Norris. Yeah, the McLaren's running their normal livery again this year. Yeah. And so Piastri was improving and he was actually outperforming Lando Norris. Yeah. Then all of a sudden on lap 12, we saw George, we saw some yellow flags um, being thrown out. And we saw George Russell had hit the wall at the um, same place where earlier um, Sainz had got past Sergio Perez. He just, on the um, left-hand corner, he just got trigger-happy. Like, turn 8 and 9. I yeah, he got trigger-happy with the and throttle nine. and just lost the rear end and hit his rear um, right tire on that wall and broke his front wing too as well and got a puncture as well. That was really surprising to see from Russell because, like, yeah. normally he never makes mistakes like that. Yeah. And so just to um, over-push it like that and hit the wall, he, like, took too much entry curb. Yeah. And that cost him on the exit. So that was, like really or no i think he went wide on the entry and then um yeah he took too much exit curve and so that's what cost him but then all the drivers started pitting because this was a safety car that brought out because of all the debris and so we saw hamilton and alonso come out really close together and alonso got out uh, um ahead but then hamilton came out um in front of alonso because the mercedes pit box is ahead of the um aston martin and so we saw alonso doing a bunch of like hand motions and like jolting the car back and forth trying yeah. to like show that it was um an unsafe release from the mercedes yeah. even though it really wasn't and it was just funny to see alonso trying to bait the fia into giving um hamilton a penalty that was pretty funny even total wolf you saw was um mocking um alonso just like doing like this and everything just imitating alonso yeah. that was funny yeah but then moving on, then we saw um one of the McLarens too on lap twelve. They also um pit as well, and they double stacked as well. So it was a really good stop from McLaren as they double stacked. So moving on into lap seventeen on the safety car restart at the hairpin, we saw Lando Norris just absolutely send it on the inside of his teammate Oscar Piastri on the hard compound of tire too, and so he was able to get past. 
Yeah, that was an important move for Norris because under the safety yeah. car, he got um, a five-second penalty oh, yeah. for driving too slowly um, to try to create that gap to double stack at McLaren. Oh, yeah. But the FIA labeled it as unsportsmanlike behavior, which I can see that because yeah. it is slowing down other cars. So um, that's not what you're supposed to do. And so that's why it was a slam dunk penalty from the FIA. Yeah. So, but that was an important move for Norris as well as he would tr- continue to charge through the field and he would eventually, on lap 20, get past Alex Albon. And then we saw Oscar Piastri get past Albon, but then he would lock up into the um, chicane, and, chicane and go straight on. And he would lose the place to not only Albon, but also Sonoda, I think, as well. Um, no, he just stayed behind Albon. But he uh-huh. kept having to try and fight um, Albon. And then on lap 20, we saw Kevin Magnussen. He was having some issues with his car, and so unfortunately for him, yeah. he would have to pull off. Um, he would have to like give the place back. Actually, it wasn't issues. He had to give a place back because he overtook under safety car, yeah. which you're not supposed to do. So the FIA had a lot of lenience, and they just said, "Okay, you guys are gonna sort it out on track." So Magnussen yeah. just gave the position back to uh, Valtteri Bottas and so it was nicely handled from the team yeah then on to lap 21 we saw Lando Norris get past Kevin Magnussen again or tried to into turn one he went actually around the outside of him at turn one so some really good late breaking from him to go around the outside and then which turned into the inside line and he got the move done it was a really big train like 12th or um 10th all the way down to George Russell in 19, so that was a yeah. really long train. Then on lap 22, we saw Fernando Alonso get past Lewis Hamilton into the final chicane. He sent it up the inside of his former teammate and got past and then had the DRS again to keep the Mercedes behind. And so he was up into P2 now to try to chase after Max Verstappen. It was a crucial move from Alonso because... Yeah. I think he felt he would have been able to challenge Verstappen for this win, so he could not be um, stuck behind Hamilton. Yeah. Then on lap 35, we saw Kevin Magnussen in the Haas fighting with Nick DeFries, and Nick DeFries and them went really wide because um, Magnussen forced DeFries to go really wide, and that just completely opened the door for George Russell, who kind of like had his through goals Hamilton moment. Yeah. As Basically, soon as he got past then, so that um he would be really happy with that. But then we saw DeFries try to lunge it up the inside again. At turn three and four. Yeah, and he went straight on into the runoff area, but also collected Kevin Magnuson with him because Magnuson obviously had nowhere to turn because yeah. DeFries was right there. So um both of them got caught out in that runoff area. And because that um part of the that runoff is so narrow, yeah. like and um, DeFries was there. Magnussen couldn't just loop it around and do yeah. like a 360. So he had to do a three-point turn to get that car back. And yeah. it would have been really frustrating for Kevin Magnussen right there. Yeah. On lap 40, then, we saw Sergio Perez um, get past Alex Albon with the supreme straight-line speed of the Red Bull. So that was a very easy move. And it was just cool to see how quick the Red Bull was compared to the Williams. Yeah. And then, though, going on to um, lap 49... We yeah. saw um, George Russell trying to chase after Alex Albon. And yeah. this is where we would see Albon like start to um, show what the, he would be known for um, in this race. Yeah. And that was his really good defending. He kept George Russell and that whole train of cars behind him for so long yeah. in P7, holding on to that P7 spot until on lap 55, George Russell had to retire from this yeah. race. 
there were just too many problems with the car. Like, the brakes were gone, and so he had to retire from the race. And Canada is a track that's really tough on the brakes. Yeah, Because there's so many chicanes, there's so many braking zones. It was um really tough for these cars here. We've seen both the Mercedes had to, um like, or Hamilton had to retire in 2014 with brake issues on his car. Nico Rosberg got severely... um. No, yeah. he lost a lot of time with his brake issues and ultimately that led Daniel Ricciardo to his first win in F1 so it was no surprise here I guess that Mercedes yeah. had brake issues <laughs> well, moving on to lap 64 then we saw Norris send it up the inside of Valtteri Bottas at the hairpin and Bottas tried to come back at him with the switchback but then Norris just had the DRS as well and he was just able to get past the Alfa Romeo under braking into the chicane and that was an important move for him as well, to try to chase after the pack. And get ahead for that five-second penalty. Yeah. And we saw Albon still once again holding back yeah. Esteban Ocon to keep that P7. Yeah. On lap 65, then, we saw a very funny moment from Verstappen. At the um, same corner where Russell crashed, on that exit curb, he kind of launched himself up and said, like, he almost knocked himself out, and he was laughing about it. That so was he was funny. just like out in front, just just doing, minding his own business, like not having a worry, because he knows he won't make a mistake. He just that confident. Yeah. So that was really funny to see. Yeah. On lap 67, then two laps later, we saw Norris right behind Ocon, and we saw Norris just complaining about Ocon's rear wing because of the um instability of it. It was really loose. I'm not sure if that was by design or not, but. His rear wing was. I think that was like a faulty thing. There's no way it would be like that. Um, severely wobbling around. It was flopping around a lot, especially um on the end of the straights when like DRS was open and stuff like that. When the aero load is really high on yeah. the rear wing, um, it was a really unusual to see. And so Norris was trying to get the black and orange flag called on the Alpine, yeah. so Ocon would have to pit. But um, that didn't happen, unfortunately for Norris, but fortunately for Ocon. Yeah, so moving on to lap 70, Norris would not be able to get past, but Max Verstappen was just in a league of his own, and once again he won um, He won the Canadian Grand Prix for a second time in his career, and he made it back-to-back wins in Canada, and he took Red Bull's 100th victory in F1, so that was an incredible achievement for him, and for um, Red Bull as well. Yeah, obviously starting out in 2005, they've come away yeah. with so much now, like, they have six drivers' titles, five constructors' titles. Yeah, unbelievable. Hundred wins now is really incredible for Red Bull. Yeah. Um. So then, um, we saw Fernando Alonso claim another podium for Aston Martin this season in a really good drive to take second place, and then Lewis Hamilton in P three for Mercedes on the podium again in Canada after a really good drive from him. Then we saw the two Ferraris of Charles Leclerc and Carlos Sainz in a bring home a really, really solid P4 and P5 after a pretty good strategy from Ferrari. It was actually for a good strategy this yeah. time. They brought their cars up from 10th and 11th to 4th and 5th. Really yeah. good strategy from Ferrari. Then we saw um, Sergio Perez in 6th after a pretty okay result for him considering where he started. Then Still not a good result yeah. for Red Bull though, but he did take the fastest lap, which was... Uh, what would like be a 
Yeah. One of his only highs of this weekend. Then we saw a right to the line, a thrilling um, photo finish as Lando Norris and Esteban Ocon were fighting to the very end. Ocon then pushed Norris off the track and Norris had to take the um, runoff area. But it would be Alex Avon who would come home in P7 after a really, really good drive and score lots of points for Williams. Then um, Ocon would cross the line in 8th, Norris ninth, and then... Finding it to the finish, we saw Lance Stroll just right on the line overtake Bottas. It was like a mirror image of what yeah. happened in Baku 2017 when Bottas took it off Stroll. This yeah. time Stroll took it off Bottas, but they would both get in the points because Norris's five-second penalty yeah. would drop him to, I think, like P11 or P13. Something. It dropped oh, him P13. down like a really big amount. Yeah, so Bottas would still score a world championship point. Yeah, so that was pretty much it for the Canadian Grand Prix. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of our podcast and be sure to join us next time when we take a look at the 2023 Austrian Grand Prix. Thank you.